Welcome to the Prismatic Heart of the Seven Sisters. We're your hosts, Shannon and Mary, otherwise known as Maya and Electra. Through working with the Akashic Records, we have become aware of our connection to the rainbow realm, the highest point in the universe, or the pinnacle point. We're here to spread the knowledge of the rainbow realm from the Council of the Pinnacle to help you awaken to the truth of who you are. We cannot wait to go on this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. This is Shannon. I am so excited to release this episode for you all to hear today because it is truly incredible. Um, I have such an awesome guest, Nicole Nesky from the Intuition Age podcast. You may have listened to her podcast. Um, I was on her on it in July and shared a bit about it then and truly her podcast is amazing. It's the Intuition Age. So if you haven't listened, you should definitely go check out her her podcast as well. But Nicole is such a gem of a human being. She's such a rainbow soul. We have the most incredible conversation today. Um, she is a certified intuitive life coach, a mental health practitioner, and an energy healer. Um, her dream is to help change and reform the mental health space in North America. And she is working towards going to school for that, hopefully in 2021. So we have such a wonderful conversation about mental health, about the interplay between spirituality and mental health. Um, Nicole opens up about her journey with mental health and why she is on this path, um, which is so wonderful to hear. And I really hope that talking about this topic is helpful for those of you who are listening because it was really helpful for me and really, um, it was just really beautiful to hear Nicole talk about her experience because I related to a lot of it and I talk a bit about my experience with mental health as well. And I just think this these kind of conversations are so important because mental health is still something that is not talked about enough. Um, and the interplay between mental health and spirituality is not talked about it or is talked about even less. It's definitely not talked about enough. And we really dive into that. I think this episode is so important. Um, and we talk about, you know, how the space could ideally be transformed and what Nicole's vision for it is. And I, I'm just I'm really excited to share this with you. So definitely, definitely go check out Nicole. Her Instagram, um, her podcast is at The Intuition Age. Her, her personal Instagram is at Conscious Nick, instead of Consciousness, Conscious Nick. Um, and I will also be leaving links for all of her stuff in the show notes so you can check out all of her, um, all the places you can connect with her there as well. And I highly recommend that you get to know her because she is amazing. Um, so before we dive right into the episode, I just want to tell you really quickly that the monthly new moon soul session that Mary and I do with our sisters, Catherine and Mariana is going to be this coming Saturday, November 14th. 
It's going to be at 11 a.m. Pacific time, so 2 p.m. Eastern time and 8 p.m. Central European time this this month. Um, you can still grab a place. You, this is going to come out the Tuesday beforehand. So I would love, we would all love to see you there. You can get, um, you can sign up on my website. I'll leave that in the show notes as well. And I'll send you a Zoom link um, so that you can join us. And if you can't join live, you can still sign up. We'll send you a replay within 24 hours. And it's always so amazing to all get together in this space. So we'd love to have you. Um, I'm also just want to, I just want to let you know that um, my new channeling and healing group sessions that are happening monthly. The second one is happening in November. It's happening November 21st um, at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And um, and I am actually doing it with, I invited Emily from Crystalline Body Works, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, to come join me. So she's going to um, bring in some of her own crystalline healing as well. So it's such a, such an awesome session or it will be. I'm really, really excited for that. So I wanted to let you know that. And then also um, on Wednesday, so tomorrow when, you, when this episode comes out, Catherine um, and I, so Catherine, our sister, and I are starting um, a weekly call on Wednesdays that you can join for some channeling and healing as well for the with the two of us literally you can come with anything that is happening in your life and we're just going to channel and provide any answers and support we can any healing we can any energy clearing we can Um, it's super cheap it's just going to be $11 to sign up to join us Um, and right now we're thinking we're just going to do it join us live you can do that through either of our websites. There will be a link in the show notes for that as well. This is like all of these these three ways are the best ways to get to see how we all work as sisters, how I work, how my sisters work, um, to see if you want to work with us. Like it's the cheapest, uh, most accessible way to get a feeling for our different or the way that we work with the records and with energy um, before investing in. Um, in a further program or session for one-on-one session for yourself. And then that's just the last thing I want to let you know. My heal program has launched. It is a four to six month deep dive healing and awakening program. Um, it is available for there are applications. It's available to sign up. Um, there is an early bird offer. It's a huge discount. Um, per month for the first five people who sign up. There's still a couple spots available. So if you're interested, there will also be a link for that. And um, we can jump on a free discovery call. I can tell you all about it. You can ask any questions you have, any concerns, anything. And um, I'd absolutely love to have you there. It's really for anyone who wants to super, super dive deep into um, healing, into awakening, into their Akashic records, who's really ready to um, really dive into their power. and. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. All right. Okay. So enough with all of that. I just wanted to let you guys know those couple things really quickly. We're going to go right into this episode with Nicole. It is so, so good. So I know it is a little long. (laughs) My last few episodes when I brought on um, a couple of guests have been a little longer than normal, but they're such good conversations. So I really encourage you to listen to the whole thing. And please, please, please let me know. Let Nicole know how you feel about this episode, what you get from it. Um, We are so excited. We can't wait to hear and last really important thing is that next um, next week, Nicole is going to be releasing a follow-up 
episode on her podcast. So definitely go make sure you um, follow her podcast as well um, about past lives. So she and I recorded an episode all about past lives and it is it is magic as well. So that's going to be coming out, I believe, on the 15th. Um, so yeah, go go follow her podcast so you know when that comes out. All right. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Um, I have Nicole with me from the Intuition Age podcast, and she has so much amazing wisdom to share. We connected a couple months ago, and um, I was on her podcast talking about the Akashic Records, and now I'm bringing her on Prismatic Card of the Seven Sisters because I want you guys to get to know her and everything she's all about. So thank you for being here, Nicole. Thanks for having me, Shannon. So I would love to just start with, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, like, you know, your, your background, where you're from, um, what you're interested in, kind of, you know, the, the broad sphere of, of who you are. Okay, so to keep it simple first, my name is Nicole. I'm from Toronto, Canada. I'm a Taurus sun, <laughs> Aries moon, Cancer rising. I feel like that was important to share for some reason. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I have an Aries moon too. I didn't know that. Wait, really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly feel like my Aries moon is becoming so prevalent, especially in 2020. I'm just like, well, like, first of all, Taurus, Sun, Aries moon. I'm just taking no shit from anyone. I love it. Yeah. So in this, and I don't mean to do a part two of Shannon's last episode about timelines. But in this projected timeline that I'm in right now, I'm a certified intuitive life coach, certified Reiki master, also mindfulness practitioner in some alternate universe and timeline. And this is a timeline that's kind of like taunting me right now. And I think by next year, 2021, I'm going to tap into it. But in some alternate universe right now, I feel like I'm either an Eastern energy or spiritual psychologist. And I do think that's something that I'm going to tap into very soon. And it's going to be in this projected reality. But yeah, my passion really lies in mental health. It lies in the psycho-emotional aspect and how that gets ingrained and embodied within our energetic body. I really believe in just looking at everyone from a very holistic, but also scientific perspective. I like looking at the whole person and I feel like a lot of I don't want to say illnesses or diseases or pains or any of that, but kind of imbalances that we suffer are more than just where we're experiencing them. So when we're experiencing like a physical pain, I honestly believe that there's an energetic component to that. Maybe that's stemmed from an emotional component. So whenever I do become a psychologist, I definitely want to look at the whole person. I want to look at each unique case differently and I just basically want to reform the mental health industry that we have in North America right now. And I do think that I'm going to be able to do that. I do too. I can see that timeline for you so clearly. I think I see that coming through. So I'm really excited for you to, to have that come through too. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking, um, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before Mary and I have about how, um, like everything in the body is just telling us, oh, there's an energetic or there's a, there's um, an emotional or a, a spiritual or a past life or an ancestral, 
you know, component to it. And so I don't know if you're think if you want to bring that in, but like when you, when you go into, um, your reality as, as, as an intuitive or um, psychologist, do you see yourself working with like past life and ancestral energies as well as part of how you work with people? Is that something you're interested in bringing in as well? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I do that now with like my current sessions as well. Like we'll do coaching cause that's what I'm certified in. But a lot of the times, a lot of imbalances are stemming from ancestral traumas, just traumas people have engulfed from their parents, their parents, their parents. It just goes on for like generations. And I know I've carried a lot of that. I've luckily kind of like dispersed from it and separated myself from those energies, but I still carry so many past life traumas and attachments and karmas too. And I don't know if we want to go into a whole scientific, like time isn't linear episode, but basically I feel those imbalances and karmas as they're happening in those past lives right now in this projected reality. So a lot of the time I do make those interconnections right away. Usually when karma happens, I'm like, shit, like past life me and this lifetime, like the lifetimes that I do know. I'll make those links. I'm like, shit, I'm doing this right now. Like, that's why I'm experiencing this karma right now. So I think we just really need to look at each case as us being so interconnected, so in, like interdimensional, so multifaceted, because what's presented in this reality, most of it didn't even stem from the frequencies of this reality. A lot of them are coming from like ancestral, past life, all of that good stuff. No, absolutely. It's when we look at it just from this reality, it's, it, that's why so many people, I think, and I'm, this is just coming to my mind right now. So I'm just going to say it, but like why so many people spend, you know, years seeing a, a conventional therapist. I know we're going to, we're going to go into kind of the conventional, um, the conventional practices in a minute, but because you're not going into the multidimensionality like, of uh, who we are as people. It's, it's too, it's too um, basic. You're not going into everything. And so then, yeah, you can't find the root cause of everything. And that's, um, I mean, I've been introduced to conventional therapy in the past and it was helpful in some great, in, in some ways, but definitely didn't get to the root of things. I did that myself because mm-hmm. I had to go into past life and ancestral stuff. Yeah, I 100% agree. I've also been to conventional talk therapy and it was really good in the sense that like I'm someone who's like really closed off in this lifetime. I kind of suppress and repress a lot of like emotions and traumas. So the fact that they made me like go back to like childhood traumas and let those kind of surface, it was good in that sense of like letting go. But basically those traumas were still existing energetically in me. And that's kind of where the disconnect came from. And I found myself like repeating patterns too, where I'm like, shit, like I just discussed this in talk therapy. Like why the hell is this pattern of, for example, like one of the patterns I have a childhood trauma is me being unsupported growing up. And basically like I always attract like, not really anymore, but the past few years I was attracting like a lot of like friends or relationships that were like very one-sided where I wasn't receiving the same support I was giving them. And basically I was like, didn't I just let go of this through talk therapy? Like me discussing it with someone and letting it surface, like why the hell are these patterns still prevalent and reoccurring? And that's when I kind of tapped into the fact that it was still existing in me, both physically, like I was getting a lot of physical like back pains 
because I literally felt like I was carrying everyone's problems. Like I was supporting everyone and my problems were also on my back being carried because no one else was supporting me in that sense, but also energetically and like energetically to the fact where like these patterns were just like repeated and repeated because yeah, I let go, I guess, emotionally by talking about it, but they were still very much embedded in me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, as you were saying that, I had this little epiphany because um, I just came back to be with my parents for a while and I um, woke up yesterday with some back pain. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Um, I do that almost every time. I've been like coming back and forth between Europe and the US for two and a half years. And every time I I come back, I almost every time I get back pain in some way or another. And what you just said about like, feeling like you were carrying the weight of everything. Um, that was just like a light bulb moment in my head because I definitely, there's just a different energy, you know, like coming, coming into, um, you know, it's coming, I'm coming into their place and, and there definitely is just a different way I have to like be around and it's not bad. It's just different. And I think every time I, I, that's probably, I'm having that like knowing now that that's what I, that's what that back pain is. So thank you. Now I can like go sit with that and let it go. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Job well done. Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay. So why I kind of want to go back a little bit before we go into like conventional um, the conventional practices and then what you want to, to do um, instead um, I'd like to go back to why did you get interested? Why did you become interested in the mental health space? Um, whatever you, you know, we could go as deep as you want or as, as surface level as you want, but I just kind of would love to hear a little bit why you got interested into this, in this area. Yeah. So I think unknowingly I struggled with both anxiety and depression my whole life. And like, there were signs, especially of the depression, just like as a kid, I'd be in class and my teachers would come up to me and be like, Nicole, like, why aren't you smiling? Or just like little stuff like that. And literally my face, first of all, because people can't see us, like I have total resting bitch face to begin with. But like as a child, everyone used to run around with like these big happy faces. And I used to just be sad for no apparent reason. And another thing was just like, this disconnect from myself and people my age. And I feel like a lot of old souls kind of struggle with that. But like, especially as a kid, like I'd be in like junior kindergarten and all my friends would be playing and I would want to hang out with the parents. It was just like such, such a disassociation from, well, and that's also me kind of like growing up too fast and like losing my inner child. But it was just like such a disassociation from those around me. And basically yeah, lots of episodes of depression. I just kind of want to know that each time it resurfaces, like, I don't want to say that I've completely like cleared my depression and anxiety because each time it resurfaces, it kind of resurfaces as like a new, not necessarily new, but kind of like morphed or modified version. And that's why I feel like looking at any type of mental health case, we really need to look at it very like individualized because even if the same person is experiencing depression reoccurring, 100% it's not the same form of depression they first suffered with or they suffered with last time it's constantly being modified but yeah basically as a teenager (laughs) I'm trying to think how much I want to share I was a little bit of a wild child like I basically 
I didn't use lots of substance, substances, but I would like party and drink and smoke a lot of weed and yeah. just numb what I was feeling. And it seemed fine until I kind of stopped doing that. Like I went into university and like, I still, I still did all of that. But when I kind of paused for a bit and really let like my physical body heal from like how intoxicated it was for basically seven, eight years, I began to realize that I was really suppressing my emotions and my feelings. And I was obviously using substance substances to kind of numb the pain I was feeling internally. And it wasn't until like my first year of university of undergrad, I, this is, and I think this was a sign, but I basically messaged every single psychologist, psychiatrist, social worker, like any type of therapist. And I went to school in like London, Ontario, which is about like two hours from Toronto. Basically I messaged every type of psychotherapist there was, and all of them were like, basically we can't see you for a year. There's a year wait list. Like we'll see you next year. And I'm like, I messaged my school obviously because they had like social workers and psychotherapists there. I'm like, I need to come in. Like something was just like so wrong. I was in like such disalignment. I literally would be like in bed all day, only ever getting up to go to my class and then coming back. Like I was sleeping until like 3 p.m. Like something was so off. I was so disaligned from my path and myself. Like I was so empty. Like how I explained my depression was really like, like so numb to the fact where it felt like my soul wasn't even existing in my body anymore. Like I felt like this empty vessel who couldn't even experience happy or sad emotions. Like nothing triggered me at this point. I was just like this emptiness. And I knew right away that something was wrong. So I started contacting like every psychotherapist and every single one gave me the same. You have to wait one year. Like we have no room for you. No one could see you. And I like I was so desperate to see someone to just help relief and like release some of that and I basically found like a psychic in the area and I was like fuck it like at this point I'll talk to anyone and I haven't like I never went to a psychic before but like I've been spiritual my whole life like I used to like see spirits and shit in my room as a kid <laughs> like I obviously was open to that I just don't like people reading my energy Like I'm now kind of open to it, but like as someone who's really closed off, it's scary that like someone could feel and see me, like see the authentic me, especially at a time where I was struggling to even know who I was. So I just, I just went, I went to the psychic reading and literally cried the whole two hours. Mm -hmm. And basically what I got out of it was that I was hypersensitive. And as someone who like suppresses all her emotions I was like what the hell like I'm not sensitive like I cry once a year like which isn't (laughs) a good thing but I was like no like I'm not hypersensitive she's like no not sensitive like hypersensitive she's like basically your whole life you've been attuning to like external energies and a lot of like the depression and anxiety you're feeling right now isn't even your own and I'm like what the hell like what do you mean it's not my own like I've experienced all these traumas growing up. Like I definitely like suppress these feelings by like drinking and smoking weed and doing that. But right away, she's like, there's like this huge blob of like black energy around you. And it's literally just a collection of all the energies, like all the low energies that you're carrying from other people. And she's like, do you ground yourself? Like, do you white light yourself? I'm like, 
no, like what the hell is that? And then (laughs) basically what I got out of that session was I signed up the following week to do my Reiki level one, just so that I would be able to like release energies that weren't mine. So I'd be able to like ground myself and like protect myself from external energies. And I, I don't, people are not going to like believe this, but literally within like a month of me getting my Reiki level one and really like tuning into my energy again and like releasing energies that weren't mine. I can't even tell you how much that depression and anxiety was released. And I know people are going to be like, no way. Like you had to have taken some sort of like antidepressant or something, but like, no, like the fact that I was carrying all these energies that weren't even my own and that they were contributing to like just me being this dark, deep, like basically non-existent, I don't know, embodiment. Yeah. That was just like awareness in its own. Wow. That's amazing. What an incredible story. I I completely believe you, but (laughs) like I've experienced something very similar, but wow. Incredible. It's just like, just seeing how I was like even going into first year in between like grade 12 and first year, like literally my anxiety got to a point where I would wake up every single night at the same time and like be in full body like shivers and throwing up like always threw up not even just like gagging like literally full throwing up like shivers on the floor and I can't even tell you the last time I experienced some sort of anxiety attack wow that's amazing and and that's such a that's such a an important lesson just like right there for anyone who's listening like a lot of the time things that are bothering us is energy we're carrying that's not ours. Um, I have, I'm not going to like go super into detail, but I'm just, I was just listening to you and I had a, I've gone through like several periods of, of depression myself. And, um, but for me it was, well, I think it, I think in high school I did go through some periods where I was depressed, but then when I went, it was for me in university that I, had the freedom to like go crazy. And I, I would get, I mean, I used, I, I used alcohol and, and weed a lot and I would like um, black out all the time. Like it was awful <laughs> for like two or two or three years. And, um, and it wasn't until I fully stopped drinking um, that I realized how much it was affecting and making all of my depression and anxiety worse. And, um, and then what really finally released it for me was uh, similarly, I, I took a course about just connecting to your soul. And part of it was connected to your ancestors. And I connected to my ancestors and they were like, all this energy that you're carrying isn't yours. It's ours. It's ancestral. You're here to release it for us. And I was like, okay, release it. And within like a few days, I was so much different. So I completely, completely relate to a lot of what you're saying it's it's a really powerful journey to have been down and to be able to to say to to people that you work with you know this is this is an example of the amazing things that can happen when we open ourselves up and let ourselves release what isn't what isn't serving us and just on a note I don't want this to be a whole like anti-alcohol anti-drug conversation but it really does alter your consciousness And while you're like, basically my university experience was a blur because I was always on some sort of substance. 
And I can't even tell you how disconnected I was from myself, like my authentic self and how my consciousness was completely altered. And actually just like on a spiritual note, when I was doing a lot of drugs and alcohol, Mm -hmm. what I was attracting consciously and astrally and spiritually was so low vibrational. Like I used to wake up in the middle of the night in university seeing like shadow people all over my room or basically like astral projecting to like literally reptilian caves. Like I was, and then I was coming back with attachments. Like in my human life, I had all these like snakes around me or like shadows around me because I didn't quite yet, like not yet know how to protect myself. But because my consciousness was so low vibrational and so altered by substances, literally what I was projecting and what I was attracting was so low vibrational as well. And that's, those are just like entities that I was attracting. Like you don't even want to know the experiences and the human people that were coming into my life at that time, like so disconnected from who I am now, but like, and like so much like petty drama. So like surface level. And I knew deep down that that wasn't me, that I wasn't meant to really, I was meant to experience it, to overcome it but I wasn't meant to have that in my projected reality for long periods of time. And yeah, I don't want to make a connection where it's like alcohol attracts like demons into your life, but it does alter your consciousness and it does bring, it is, it's low vibrational. Like not to say like, if you go to parties and like social drink and smoke, like that's fine. Like we are human. We're meant to live a human experience, but just know, especially if you are struggling with like some sort of substance abuse too, that there's more to it than just that physical element. Absolutely. And I just want to say, same, I mean, in attracting attracting different entities and, and even, I mean, I think of like people and experiences, like I just attracted so much like low vibration, um, vibrational experiences. And, you know, actually it's a lot of the people I went to university with um, and they're all great people. And, you know, I'd love to see, I haven't seen a lot of them in a long time, but I, you know, I'd love to see them again. But I also know that those are the people who would probably recognize me now the least because I've like, because I've stopped, um, stopped allowing in that, that energy. I'm such a different person. And I don't want to say that alcohol, I don't, I don't want to say either the alcohol brings in low vibration but I do think it's interesting I have read and heard that you know we call hard alcohol spirits and that's and there are people who say that that's because it it does attract in low vibrational spirits so I mean I think it's all about your intention um not necessarily that just by drinking alcohol you're going to attract in low vibration spirits but I do think it opens you up to it if you're um much more easily if you're not in a place where you're doing it very intentionally and you're like really protecting yourself. I do think that's an important, an important yeah, I thing I think like know. anyone who's doing it just to kind of numb their mental yeah. or physical pains and illnesses, like obviously we're not doing it for the right intention. Like I know I was doing it just not to feel anymore. And also like part of that and then part of just trying to like fit in with what everyone else was doing, which was like really inauthentic to myself. Cause I always felt like I was more complex and more yeah. higher vibe, not higher vibrational, but like higher dimensional than yeah. a lot of people I interacted with in university. But yeah, my intentions definitely weren't pure when I was like, yeah. yeah. 
same actually very similar stories in that sense like themes because absolutely I had the exact same um, experience and I'm sure there's a lot of people who have who are like in this um, like part of a part of the the movement of moving into 5d plus consciousness and really those of us who are here like open to the spiritual realms and the dimensions and all of that I'm sure there's a lot of us who have had similar experiences with the humanness, right? Like <laughs> with having to be in the human to um, allow ourselves to kind of uh, not exactly rise above it. Cause that, that kind of implies like better. better yeah. Um, but like to move past it, I guess like, yeah. Yeah. Just to continue to like evolve and evolve elevate. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So so once you got through university and you um, got your Reiki level one, where can, where did you go next? So you're a Reiki master now, right? So you must, you continued on with that and yeah, kind of where so, did you go next with the journey? Yeah. So I got my Reiki level one in first year. So here in Canada, kind of like the States, it's like a four year university degree. Mm-hmm. Some people finish in three years, some people five, six, it just depends. Right. But for undergrad, it's usually four years. And basically in my third year, I had another really bad depression surface. And it was just, I don't know, like that was basically when I was at like my lowest in terms of going out and like partying and drinking and doing substances and all of that. And basically I was attracting like a lot of negative, like they were straight up negative. I was going to say low vibrational. They were full on negative experiences into my life. And again, it just kind of resurfaced similar to how I was experiencing it back in like high school, early first year, but it was very much like a disassociation from like myself being super numb, being just like, yeah, just connected emotionally and mentally. Like each time I've experienced depression, even though it is slightly different each time, it's always like this disconnect. It always feels like my soul was just like, by and like escaped my body and I'm just left with like this empty human body like that's literally what it feels like to me like the fact that I like I'd be having conversations with people and just feel nothing Mm -hmm. like feel no happiness whatsoever like good things were coming into my life but like was not content about them was not fulfilled and on the opposite end when bad things were happening I was just numb like I literally just was yeah wasn't even sad about it wasn't even angry like my emotions were so suppressed I was so disconnected that I was just like this empty vessel and that happened in third year there was kind of like a lot going on basically I got my Reiki two in third year and spiritually my spiritual self was just like it's time like it's time to elevate it's time to evolve and it was really energetically which I didn't consciously agree to, but it was energetically letting go of all the people and all the associations that were bringing me down, keeping me stuck. But my conscious like 20 year old self was like, no, like I want these party friends still. Like I want to be part of these clubs where like all we care about is like superficial stuff. Like I didn't, like I consciously wasn't ready to detach from that, but energetically I was just evolving into like a higher state of being. So there was quite a disconnect between my energetic spiritual self and my human self. And that was causing me to be very depressed. Yeah. Like all the human people I was losing and all the human experiences I was missing out on, 
I just, yeah, that just like really had an impact on me. And basically I couldn't even see the light like in third year a lot. It was like, this is so bad. And I don't recommend anyone doing this, but on like in my journal, I wrote down all the bad experiences that happened to me in third year and do not do that. Like write down good experiences, write down what you're grateful for. Like don't, yeah, don't even pay attention. (laughs) Like consume yourself with all that negativity, but I was writing it down and I had like pages on pages of just negative experiences that happened to me that year. And I really like could not see the light. Like for eight or nine months of university, I was just like so disconnected, so alone, like so stuck. I literally did not, because I was in a program, it was like media technology and then women's studies as well. And I was like, I did not want to pursue anything media related. I was so disconnected from my program. Like all I liked about it was that like a lot of the assignments were like essays and I love writing but I knew I was like, I have one more year of university. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, do I have to take a fifth year and like change my major? Or like, do, like what the hell am I going to do now? And basically, literally, like, again, energy again, and people are not going to believe. But something in me was like, why don't you apply for like an exchange program for fourth year? Like, I was feeling so stuck. Like, I just, I wasn't connecting at all to like London anymore, my university or the people there. And I go online and literally it was like the last day to apply. And I'm like, fuck it. Like I'm going <laughs> to submit an application. Who cares? I literally finished it within like 30 minutes. I just clicked submit uh-huh. and I put down like California as my school and like state of choice. Like you can basically exchange anywhere around the world, but something was like, put down California. I'm like, okay, fuck it. Like fine. So I put it down and literally within like a week I got accepted and a hundred percent like that experience wouldn't even, and first of all, California was like the best year of my life. Like doing that exchange program, I met so many like soul sisters and like soul brothers and just like soul family out there. And I really connected like obviously Lake Tahoe and Yosemite and Nevada and like Arizona, just connecting so much with the West and really reattuning myself to me. And again, all the energetics, I feel like I had to release energetically everything that was kind of blocking new experiences, like more aligned opportunities to come into my life. So me releasing basically all my attachments to my university in London allowed for me to literally attract a whole new university for my fourth year, whole new friends in California. Like, come on, like, that's just such a direct association, like literally losing, feeling disconnected from like your program, your friends at university, and then literally attracting a whole new school with whole new friends and a whole new state. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's so didn't. Yeah, so I didn't even talk about how I ended up here now. But yeah, okay, so then I did my coaching certificate, my life coaching certificate online while I was in California. And then yeah. Oh, and then like last year I did my Reiki masters and now I'm applying for clinical psychology programs. Wow. What a cool journey. Are you applying to um programs in Canada, in the US and other places where where you like looking to go? So like my whole life, I've just felt so disconnected from Canada. Uh I feel like like Toronto's home, like obviously my family's here, like my friends are here, but 
like my soul is not in Canada at all. So my whole life and like this timeline has been taunting me either New York or California again. Okay. But literally like ever since I was young, I dreamed about like moving to New York. Like there's something in New York waiting for me. I just don't know what it is yet. Oh, and like, chills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like one of the programs, it's a clinical psychology program, but it focuses more on like spirituality, like mind, body, like Eastern psychology, which would be so I would get like a certificate in like Eastern psychology, but then still be like a clinical psychologist. Yeah. But it's, something's waiting for me in New York and I don't know what it is yet. So I'm applying to those programs and like, I have such good vibes. Like, I, oh like I, mean, I don't even think I'm jinxing it, but like this timeline or like that timeline has literally been like taunting me since I was like two years old. I can feel that so strongly. Oh my God. I have like so much energy going through me. That's so exciting. Cool. I can't wait to hear how that all goes. That's and it, like, it's not a forever thing. I feel like you kind of tune into what feels right in the moment. And then, you know, like exactly like what you're saying in your last episode, just like there's so many timelines happening all at once. You kind of just need to make that decision with like what feels right. And also, I like to base my timelines based on like what's happening in the collective matrix as well. So like right now, like I was going to apply to go in 2020, but something in 2019 was like, don't apply, like don't submit your application. Like that's not the year. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't because I'd be paying like $90,000 to be doing school online in Toronto. Not worth it at all. Wow. So are you looking for 2021? Yes. Yes. Totally. Okay. So I just have to go back because this is kind of wild. Like I'm, I'm a little like blown away by some of the similarities in our stories. Um, also my third year in university was when things really hit ahead for me. What I did, what I ended up doing was I left my school and I, um, I was in, at school in Texas and I went back to New Hampshire where my family was. I was also really sick. So that was another part of it. That wasn't like part of the reason why I needed to be closer to my medical like the doctors and everything, but, um, I, yeah, I moved back to New Hampshire, finished, I did finish my degree at a different school. Um, but for me, it wasn't, I like, I was actually, I, so I had three semesters left and I like met almost nobody. I made like no friends in that three semesters. It was probably one of the loneliest times of my life, but, um, also, it just like wasn't the right place for that. It was, but I got, I like had so much um, like inner awakening and spiritual awakening that happened. I think I just needed to be alone. Um, And that was what it brought for me, but it's just really interesting. And then also like, so basically third year of university is the worst year. Third year, third year is, and that's even what people used to say to me too. And they were just talking about academics, but like, I mean, it is. (laughs) Um, but then same, I mean, my soul has never felt like the U S was fully my home, um, which I've talked about. I talked about in, um, one of the episodes that aired before this, this one will, but, um, yeah, I've never, so that's just interesting that you feel the same way about Canada. Like there is a home to it. It's like where your family is. And I feel that way about the U S like my family's here. So I'll always come back, but I don't like envision, I I know I'm not going to live here forever. And, and, um, so it's just kind of interesting. All those like parallels, I was listening to your story and I was like, this is wild. <laughs> That's why if people don't believe in like frequencies and like 
our frequencies attracting people and experiences into our lives. Like just the fact that we have so many similarities. We're doing this episode. We don't have any notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just want to state that again. Like no, no. It's like, we didn't discuss this. We didn't prepare this. Just the fact that there's so many like interconnections between both of our lived experiences, like that's energy and frequency in itself. It is exactly. Yeah. That's a great example of it. Just right here, right now. (laughs) So, um, let's talk about the kind of the mental health sphere. So that's where you're like, you want to go into. So I, I've talked about this a little bit, Mary and I have talked about this in in some of our past episodes a little bit with Lyme disease and how we talked about how the medical system really fails, failed us and failed a lot of people there. And that's, you know, with more of the physical, well, there's a lot of mental health that goes into Lyme, but but we were talking about, you know, the physical body. But so what about the health healthcare system with like mental health? Like where, where do you want to see that change? Like, cause I know that that's what you feel, what your, your purpose, a lot of your purpose is here um, in this timeline for. So where do you want to see that change? And yeah. So maybe we that. could compare to the Canadian mental health system to the American. Yeah, let's cause I'm honestly like unaware of what goes on in the mental health system in America. I know you guys have a privatized healthcare system. Mm-hmm. So like, that'll be interesting to compare. Cause like here in Toronto, Ontario, we have free health, like we have free healthcare all around Canada. Yeah. But basically that means that a lot of the services have like these insane wait times, like more like mental health services. Like in Toronto, there's like one big mental health center. And basically the wait time is like, 18 months to like 24 months just to have your initial assessment with someone and what's just like it gives me absolute like literally like pain in my stomach just thinking about that because how do you like I'm sorry but like mentally like how do you know someone's gonna be around in 18 to 24 months like you don't know their state the fact and like I don't want to prioritize conditions over others like I don't want to prioritize someone who says No, I'm not even going to say that. I feel like that's going to be like backlash. But yeah, I don't think any condition should be like prioritized over others because again, it's so individualized. So someone who's coming in for like, I don't know, like say social anxiety, I feel like they shouldn't have to wait 24 months just because someone else comes in with like, I don't know, some sort of like depression or personality disorder or something like that. Like I feel like it's so individualized that you can't really weigh one greater than the other and the fact that you're making people wait like basically two years to get an initial assessment and yeah, free healthcare. But yeah, if you want to see like a privatized social worker, like psychotherapist or psychiatrist, you're paying upwards of like 150 to like $400 per session. And sorry, but like mental health issues don't get resolved in one session. Exactly. So either if you're deeply depressed, if you're suicidal, like you're waiting two years to see someone for an initial assessment and that may not even mean that you have like reoccurring sessions with them or that you'll be given prescriptions to help basically it just means yeah if you're waiting two years you could be suicidal for two years before you even see someone to try to cope with that or especially people who don't have insurance you're paying two hundred dollars to go to like a psychotherapy session with someone that you may not even connect with or may not even be able to aid you and your individualized problem. So I don't know, is that kind of like how it is in the States? Yeah. So in the States, it is a little, well, obviously we have privatized healthcare. So there's a little different 
there. Um, it is, I think it's a lot faster in my experience. And this was just mm -hmm. one person, but when I got to a point where I was like, I need to see somebody, um, I was able to get an appointment for like, it was like a week or two. I didn't have to wait that long. Mm. It was really fast, but, um, wait, was it I, covered or did you have to pay for it? It was, I think it was, it was completely covered for me, but I also, I was on my parents' health insurance plan and my parents had like some of the top, one of the best plans that you can possibly have. So like, if you don't have health insurance, or if you don't have as good of a plan, I mean, I think the sessions were, the sessions were $200 an hour. So if I didn't have that covered, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, and I went every week for like six months. So like, that's, um, that's a lot to, so to, to deal with if you don't have a health insurance. Um, and you know, the whole system also was difficult too, because like my health insurance was so good at that time that, um, I didn't have to do anything. I just had to give her my card and she like did everything else. But like, sometimes, sometimes there are health insurances here where you like, you have to pay up front and then you have to reimburse it, like submit it to be reimbursed. And so that will take you a long time. And if you don't have that money to pay up front, you know, there's still a lot of things. So it is faster, I think, to get in based on my experience and, um, and wait times just in general aren't as long um, for getting into doctors anywhere, but you have the whole, like, if you don't have good health insurance, you're paying a lot of money. So like, just for reference, we had university health insurance. And basically when I was in university, I covered, I think $25 per psychotherapy session. Oh my so God. that's just kind of how our society views mental health care that it's yeah. worth like $25. But then like they had, and I don't want to like, again, weigh like one medical service over another, but they had like, visit a nutritionist, you get $50 covered or like visit a chiropractor there's another $70 and I'm like come on <laughs> why not that for like a mental yeah. health yeah and 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 I I do want to stress like I know that the plan I was on when I was seeing a therapist was like not a normal plan like it, she was even surprised at how much like the fact that it covered everything so I know I know that it's not prioritized in this in the U.S. either um and I really you know, I don't know. I've, I never even looked when I was living in France to see how easy it was to get in mm -hmm. or how much was covered or anything to see anyone in the mental health field. Um, but I, my guess would be that there would be a bit of a waiting time as well because it is um, a centralized, socialized health system. And I know that there were, like I did, a, did have to use it once and there was a bit of a wait time. So I don't know. There's and just like so many barriers of entry. Like, I feel like we don't even yeah. consider the social, the racial, like the, you yeah. know, like, yeah, the classism, the ability and disability. Like we don't even consider like the intersectionality of like people trying to receive like mental right. health care. Like I'm someone luckily who was fortunate that had parents who could like pay for therapies for me. Like they don't have insurance, but they just literally paid out of pocket. But I can't even imagine what if I came from like a lower class family yeah. or, you know, there were other barriers of entry. Like, again, I feel like mental health is so stigmatized still. And like, I feel like it's easier for white people to be like, oh, I'm just going to go to my therapist versus like, I have like a lot of friends who are either like transgender or like 
gay or bi or, you know, like a different race where they'll go in and it's just not as easily accepted in their communities for them because of their intersectional identity to go and receive mental health care. So I feel like there's such a stigma surrounding that as well. And yeah, I feel like we just need to make mental health in so many aspects way more accessible for everyone as opposed to just like us white people who come from like middle to upper class families. (laughs) Yeah. And that, I mean, and that's definitely where we're coming from talking about this right now too. So just, I do want to say like, I I do want to acknowledge that we definitely have privilege in what we're talking about right now too. Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. there is so much there's that most of the population doesn't have access to, to this and they need it. I mean, I truly agree. I'm sure you've probably seen this too online. People saying like, um, we all need therapy after 2020. Like (laughs) I, I, I believe that I agree with that, but most of us don't have access to that, Mm -hmm. which is, just, you know, that's just more generational, intergenerational trauma that will be passed down to, um, well, to the generations that come for those of us who, like, don't have access to either, either therapy or another form of, of energetic um, exchange where we can, you know, work through what, what this year has been. Um, And And I just want to note, too, from the opposite end, like, I work with some incredible psychotherapists and social workers but based on like me trying to find personal mental health assistance like even just scrolling through like psychology today they're gonna like ban me from that website but scrolling through like psychology today a lot of the psychotherapists there are white individuals yeah and yeah there are barriers of entry in terms of like cost and just like it being accepted within your community to seek mental health care, but there's also like that lived experience that I feel like many of us white people don't really understand. Basically, I feel like that there should be more diversity in terms of therapists. Like when I scroll through like psychology today to try to find like therapists for myself, like I don't think I've ever seen a trans therapist on there. I see very little people of color, black, Latino, Aboriginal, like, those communities are missing as well from receiving mental health education. So like, is there a barrier even before you become a therapist? Like, is there a barrier even before the therapy aspect where other diverse groups aren't being represented as the practitioner? Yeah. And that's important too, because like you were saying, we as humans, like it's just kind of biological. We want to, connect with someone who has the same lived experience as us or like understands their lived experience. And so that is putting in like hundred percent, it's putting another barrier in front of, of all the other communities, all the other, I don't even want to say minorities because actually like they're not like maybe minorities in like the U S or Canada, but like not minorities in the world, like these groups of people, like there isn't as much representation. And it is, I, I wonder if part of it is, you know, um, culturally it, it's it isn't it isn't as accepted just even just to go to school for it um, but still that's definitely a place where um, as a society like as a world as a whole like we need to improve on that 100%. and that's why I like the idea of like me approaching mental health from like a more spiritual energy perspective because I feel like that's 
one thing we could all kind of connect with, like, especially the energy aspect of it. It's like, we're all like each person I see is a soul. Like we're all an energetic body just because I don't have necessarily the same lived experiences, like culturally, racially, sexually, whatever, whatever, as everyone else, or as the patients I'm seeing, we still have that connection energetically and spiritually Mm -hmm. too. And I know I could help reframe that and help progress and elevate that. But I do, yeah, I can't even emphasize enough, like how we need diversity in the system. (laughs) We do. And I'm seeing this too, as you were saying that, and I don't, I want to stress before I say this, that like, I don't see this being a thing in our lifetimes or even like any time soon, but um, as you know, the planet moves into 5d plus consciousness and we all start to rem- like more, cause we're really quite a minority right now. And like talking about this kind of stuff, like, it seems like there's so many people who talk about it, but that's like, to me it does, but that's because I surround myself with that. And I know in the actual like real wide world, like there, it is a minority amount of people who are interested in this stuff. But I got this vision of like in the future, like far in the future when we're really firmly in like 5d and that's like the real, the dimensional frequency where we're, we're vibrating at. Um, we'll, we're kind of, we'll kind of be past some of this um, because we'll be able to see, like, I, I, I'm trying to put this in like words. Um, you know, we've all lived lives as every single different um, racial identity, cultural identity, sexual identity, we've, we all have lived lives like that, especially uh, those of us who are old souls, we've been everything. Um, and so as we evolve to be able to tap more into those frequencies and remembrances, it will be easier to overcome, um, even just in general, even outside of the mental health sphere, just in general, be able to start overcoming these separations we see between us right now, because right now it's like so many people don't remember that they've been that. And so they see everyone as other, um, and so I think as we, as we move past that and we start to be able to see that in ourselves and others, it won't be as, as big of a, maybe not, and I don't want to say it's not going to be as big of a deal. Um, a divide. It won't be as big of a, as much of a divide perhaps, because it's still always going to be important, but I just, I just kind of got this quick vision of like, someday we'll be able to just see, like, look at one person and see all the different identities they've been and they'll be able to look at us and see all the different identities we've been. So there's going to, we'll be able to like connect into those energies, into the energetics of that even more quickly and easily and um, see that we're all, we're all everything. <laughs> and I think before we reach that 5D frequency, yeah. really just approach like both therapists and people seeking mental health assistance, just your sessions with so much like love compassion, definitely an open heart. And obviously, if we don't have the same lived experiences, we're not going to understand the depth and the severity of those traumas, especially those generational traumas, those, yeah, ancestral traumas, but really just create that open, sacred, loving space. So even if you don't connect through the lived experiences, you're open and receptive to receiving such healing like such light such elevation as well like I know at least that's what I mm-hmm. put into like my sessions I hope that all therapists or any anyone working with elevating either the conscious physical mental emotional spiritual health of 
anyone else like should be entering their sessions with that. But yeah, yeah, I think that's just so important. If it doesn't feel right, like literally there's thousands of therapists, like go find someone else that aligns with you. Exactly. And it's the same with, with energy workers too. I mean, uh, there, there are so many different therapists, healers, energy workers, everyone. So you find the people who connect with you because we're all, we all have soul tribes and those are the people who are going to come, you know, we're going to work with them and they're going to work with us. And, and so, yeah, you just have to figure out, um, if someone doesn't align, then go mm-hmm. find the other one who yeah. does, like, yeah. there will always be somebody. Yeah. I feel like we like got political a little bit. (laughs) We kind of went down everything. Um, Okay. I think the only thing that we haven't touched on yet is kind of, well, I think where we're going to, where we're going to end like mental health and Lyme and kind of that healing process with those, both of those. Yeah. I just think from like my personal experiences and my personal research, I really do find a connection between like, the psycho-emotional aspect of ourselves and our energetic components as well. Mm-hmm. And basically when you're on this journey of self-healing and you've taken that initiative to really heal yourself in any aspect, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, whatever, basically just be open and receptive to what therapies and modalities come your way and don't be closed off to any either. I feel like a lot of people enter energy work or even a combination of like energy and like physical healing or like energy and like mental healing as a little, I don't know how to phrase that. Like I sometimes have people coming in and like think that I'm like trying to like con them or like, you know, I'm like making stuff up, you know, like there's just kind of like a misconception with people in the energy community, energy practitioners, because well, you know, there's duality, there's good and there's bad and they probably have had bad experiences with them, but it's just like we know ourselves better than any practitioner than anyone else will know us. Like we know ourselves. And if something feels right, if a therapy feels right, just pursue it. And like, for me, when I was looking for like a mental health therapist back in first year and it just wasn't aligning, I had to wait a whole year to deal with my mental health problems. Like that was just a sign and a nut for me to look for a different modality and a modality that literally changed the whole direction of my life. Yeah. So just, yeah, like we know our whole selves. Don't disregard any aspect of ourselves. Don't just look at it as like a mental body and a physical body. Like there's so many components. Like we have an astral body, an etheric body, like emotional body, spiritual body, so many different bodies. Just make sure to take care of like your whole self, your whole embodiment, as opposed to just focusing on one or the other and just be open to modalities that actually help and take like a more integrative approach to healing many aspects of yourself as opposed to just like isolating a certain part of yourself and trying to heal that. Yeah. I, I think that summed it up. <laughs> I, yeah, it did. That's perfect. And I totally agree. I mean, coming at it from the other perspective, I, um, I've talked about like my healing journey with Lyme disease and that was really a physical or that was what I was always looked at as a physical, like, you know, doctors look at it as physical, but really what finally healed me was going into like the spiritual and the mental and the emotional. And that's what it all was. And so, um, really, I just want to, I just really want to emphasize the seeing your body as a whole, as all of the systems that make up your body. Cause we can't like cut the, cut all of our different parts of ourselves into different slices. And we look at this and this and this, like, you know, 
mental, physical, emotional. Like, no, we can't do that. We're all one. It's all integrated. So it's just so important um, to look at all of it. And I think it's really important to bring in the mental health aspect. Like, it's just so important because I think that's the part that really gets kind of knocked away. Um, like it's pushed to the wayside. We look at the physical first and, and we don't think about the mental, emotional, or spiritual. And that's one of the biggest problems with, um, with modern medicine and with Western medicine. And even, even with conventional talk therapy, what I see is you, we just focus on, like we were saying at the beginning of the episode, we just focus on the one this is our, this one life. And it's like, it's so much more complicated than that. Cause then you're not going into the astral, the spiritual, the multidimensional parts. So it is, we are complex beings. And so what, how we work, how we work in all realms needs to be complex. Otherwise we, we're not going to, we're not going to hit every place that we need to hit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, any last thoughts? Um, anything else that's coming up? <laughs> just like the last thing to leave everyone with, like we're all on these individualized healing journeys and just really be compassionate with yourself. Take your time. Like don't rush it. I feel like, I don't know, like that aligned reality that we all envision for ourselves will come. Just trust your frequencies, try to elevate the frequencies and yeah, like, I don't want to like repeat myself, but it's all about that whole self. Yeah. It's about looking at your past lives. It's about looking at your ancestral traumas. It's about looking at the karma, your lived experiences in this lifetime, all your subtle bodies. And that's how we're going to fully heal. That's how we're fully going to understand our whole selves. We can't just isolate and only focus on one component. We're whole beings, you know, that I know like it, it is hard when like something isn't tangible, like even like the mental emotional aspect, sometimes we're like, am I just imagining like is depression in my head? Like, no, it is existing. It's existing energetically. It's existing in that emotional and mental body, but it's not something tangible like our physical body. So we often disregard it and disassociate from it. So just again, recognize that we're a whole being, be compassionate about that and that's how we're going to progress and elevate and continue to evolve absolutely and i was just gonna say if we wanted to just be one body one thing we wouldn't be humans we would be on the astral plane or on another plane to be because we're not we don't have the whole physical part there so (laughs) absolutely a couple little um just fun questions i'd love to ask you about yourself um as we end what's your uh human design Oh God, Catherine's going to hate me because she just did it for me. Um, um, (laughs) Let me, uh, okay, can we come back to that while I search again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Your North Node, do you know your North Node in astrology? It's Libra. You're Libra. (gasps) Me too. What? Yes. Same with Mary. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) And are you a morning person? Are you a night person? I'm a morning person. Okay. So are you like super early? Like you're up at like 5am? Okay. Like six o'clock. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's reasonable. People who get up at 5am, I'm like, you're superhuman. I, I don't know how you do that. Okay. Apparently. Let's see my human design. I'm a generator. Okay. And what's your profile? Those the two numbers. 
Uh, four one. You're four one. Okay. Very. My cool. inner authority is emotional solar plexus. Oh, okay, so you ride the emotional wave. That makes that actually makes sense with like, you were all the things we're talking about, all the emotional ups and downs you've gone through and like worked through. My strategies to respond. My not self theme is frustration. Yes. Okay, cool. So you're a generator. I was like wondering if you were to be a generator or projector. I was like, I could see you being a projector, but okay, cool. Generator, 4-1 generator. Um, and what is your ideal environment? Like nature, natural nature. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I, I have a few. I really like forests. Okay. Like literally like tall trees being like lost in a forest. That's like everyone's nightmare, but I'm like, I love it. Yeah, I love and it <laughs> I like I love like just like grassy hills and valleys and like little lakes with like mountains in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I think and, that's it. Okay, and what um, I think we've talked about this like us just together, but what's what chakra do you feel the most connected to? Okay, so in this lifetime, my most apparent but also most problematic chakras are my throat and my root. Okay. So they're the ones where I just like, they're the strongest, but at the same time, I always have the most imbalances with them. But like, it makes sense just like all the struggles I've been through 100% correlate to like suppressing my voice and my thoughts and then like just being like ungrounded and like carrying everyone else's problems and being unsupported personally. So yeah, those two. Okay. Definitely makes sense. Yes. All right. Very cool. Um, okay. Well, Ooh, and I want to share one more, oh, um, yeah. spirit animals. I have so many, I'm so connected oh, to animals, yeah. but recently I had a dream and my spirit animal dragon, it was a fire dragon came to me and was with me the entire dream. And also this is so weird, but I was channeling and an alligator came up. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Did you ever look up? Did you happen to look up like what alligator means in spirit animal? Apparently they're just like so wise and like just everything like knowledge based. I can see that. You're I always every time we talk, I'm like, oh my god, Nicole knows so much. She's so wise. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just I had to share my new spirit animals. I've had no, so many, a- but those two are the most recent. That's such a great, actually, thing to talk about. My spirit animal is always, I see dragons too sometimes. I've had them come through when I've been channeling um, the last couple months, but cats are like my ultimate spirit animal. Like, I'm a, I, uh, for anyone who follows me on Instagram, like, I'm now with my, because I'm with my parents, I'm with like our family cats and they're like literally my soulmates like they are like <laughs> everyone else in my family was like yeah they're cute I'm like oh my god I love them so much I can't let them go like <laughs> like me with my dog <laughs> yeah and it's like whenever every time I sit down to channel and they're around me they're like they come through like they come through as part of like their higher selves come and talk to me and I'm like it's so cool I love you anyway <laughs> um, I love spirit animals and me too Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Nicole. And um, we will be doing an episode two on Nicole's podcast, The Intuition Age, um, about past lives. So this is kind of cool. We'll we'll kind of go back more into, we touched on past lives a little bit here, but we'll go into it more in depth on her podcast. 
Um, and Nicole, if you just want to tell us where we, where everyone can find you, I'll put it in the show notes too, but just to let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. So the podcast, the intuition age, you could find just the intuition age, Facebook, Instagram, you could find it on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Google podcasts, literally everywhere the podcasts are streamed. You could find me personally on Instagram. It's conscious Nick, like consciousness, but Nick <laughs> and yeah. All right. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Shannon. I had such a great time. I did too. This was such a great conversation. All right. Wasn't that such an amazing episode? Oh oh my God. We had so much fun recording this. So just once again, you can find Nicole at the Intuition Age podcast and at Conscious Nick on Instagram um, and make sure to follow her podcast for the follow-up episode that's coming out in in the next few days. And as always, if you really enjoy this podcast episode, we would be so, so grateful if you would like, rate, or review the podcast on your podcast player. And if you send a screenshot of that process to us on Instagram at the Prismatic Heart of the Seven Sisters, we will send you um, some free codes um, to work with us, um, discount codes. We would just really, really appreciate that. It really helps us um, get our message out there and connect with more soul family like you. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening and have such a beautiful week.